to say yes sir and then the bible goes on to say eh eh if you are obedient you are calling the bible ala ba shake bredo sokolo hey hallelujah ah no let's do this thing give me first peter chapter 3 i feel the anointing to teach this thing if the light goes on it's not enough it's not enough for the light to go on the bible says the light shines No, my life will not just go on. It's not enough that you cleared. You have to be excellent. Your life, no, 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 it's, it's not enough that you feel before. And he has put all things under his side, under his side. that make our walk with God enjoyable beyond just waiting for a time when the Lord Jesus Christ is is coming to is coming to get us hallelujah this new phone which they gave me has many things which I'm discovering and they're just amazing i never knew it had some of those things you know i had a phone before which was important for whatsapp facebook and communicating but then <laughs> I when I got this car this phone I had the same mentality but when I began to use it I discovered this got many amazing things For example this phone is water is waterproof But I I didn't know that and imagine if it ever went in water from what I knew I would just throw it away because I would think ah kwasila from my other experiences no no this one is different Even if it goes in water it comes out to just be different. Even the way you take pictures with this phone, you can just like wave your hand and a picture is taken. You can just do a high five and the picture is taken. It's the it changes the experience. It changes the experience. You know there are photos where when you are taking a photo, it even looks that is about to click. Gotcha. This time you will not even want I'm taking a picture. You'll be thinking I'm moving at you can't I'm taking pictures. You know, but imagine I'm used to the old one, so I have to like click and show you on the face. Some of us we even do the camera uh, click. So <laughs> you catch me, even if I want to take a secret picture of you, you know. So if I upgrade and I don't know, I'll be doing things the old way. But the more we discover, the more we enjoy our experience with the phone. Are you listening to me? So I repeat, Christianity is the same. There are so many things that you are going to discover that are just, you know, the Bible says something in the book of Acts, chapter one. It says when Jesus Christ came for forty days, he appeared to them. and he was talking to them about things pertaining to the kingdom so that means there are things pertaining to the kingdom of god that jesus began to teach over a 40 day class those things because you see jesus dying and resurrecting was what is there about salvation that's what is there about salvation we believe in him we are going to heaven who have everlasting life but then there are things pertaining to the kingdom of god which jesus even took 40 days appearing and teaching them after his resurrection can you imagine that after his resurrection he appeared to them and he taught them things pertaining to the kingdom that means there are things besides death and life there are things besides going to heaven there are things besides just knowing that we are saved that pretend to the kingdom that concern the kingdom that Jesus is excited to put in our spirits hallelujah and then those things the more we learn them the more the quality of our christianity becomes more enjoyable the more that you can imagine you know i saw a preacher who said 
He doesn't believe in... This is like a preacher. A man of God who says he doesn't believe that miracles are for believers. He says miracles are for non-believers for a sign to show them that God is real. Then he went on in the scriptures to show how that even Paul taught Timothy to take wine, wine for the stomach, to get healed, not wine for getting drunk. All right? But for us believers, it's important to just make sure we take care of ourselves and also to go to the hospital. And I'm thinking, do you know, do you know what that does? Number one, it kicks out the power of God in your ministry. The power of God is out. People will not be experiencing the power of God. Even in their personal lives, they will think every time they're not feeling well, they have to drink medication. And the more you constantly train yourself for medication, the more you relegate the power of God. But the more you exercise yourself towards the power of God, the more perfect your health becomes. Now, we are all up against, uh, you know, taking care of your body. You know I'm a big fan of it. And when it comes to eating properly, I probably do it slightly more than the best person who takes care of himself with regards to what they eat. But I still think that we need to constantly see the mirror. Can you imagine being reduced to only drinking fruit juices and eating a balanced diet? Where is the Christianity? What makes you different from a person who, who is just on the street, who went to the same school as you? There's no difference. There's got to be something more. Your Christianity cannot just be about heaven and being saved. No. There are other things that we can enjoy. There are other things that we can, we can enjoy. Hallelujah. And in this ministry, I have taught you things that you can enjoy. You, you know, I can even imagine most of the times if, if it ever happened that your body was not feeling well, the first thing you do is in the name of Jesus, I command you to align. I command you to align. Praise God because my body has aligned. My body has aligned. Hallelujah. <laughs> those are the kind of people that you are. Now, one of those things that I wanted to talk to you about was ministering to the Lord. Ministering to the Lord. It could probably be something new to many of you, but... It's generally not new. So you can write down, I'm going to introduce something called ministering to the Lord. Hallelujah. Alright. So, I just want us to um, interrogate a few scriptures. Interrogate a few scriptures and bring out the concept. Then I will define it in just few terms now you mostly find this kind of language being used um, in the KJV but it's more accurate so I'm ministering to the Lord many people believe that ministering to the Lord is basically just you know Ministering to the ministering is just ministering to people, but it's in, it's interesting that you will notice that the Bible teaches about ministering to the Lord, and it's one of those things which, when you learn, it improves the quality of your Christianity. It does something to you. It does something to you. It's one of those things you must learn, and even if you knew, you should always get fresh revelation on it, right? All right. So maybe. We can begin with uh, the book of Psalm 101. I'm going to read verse. The, the different words are used in different versions. Right? All right, let's do so. So Psalm 101, verse 6, I'm going to read from the NIV. The Bible reads, Psalm 101, verse 6, and I'm going to read from the NIV. The Bible reads, my eyes will be on the faithful in the land, that they may dwell with me. 
the one whose walk is blameless will minister to me. The one whose walk is blameless will minister to me. Have you seen that word? The one whose walk is blameless will minister to me. Interesting. Mark that word, minister to me. Isaiah chapter 56. Isaiah chapter 56. 56 verse 6. I'm reading from the NIV. The Bible reads, And foreigners who bind themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord, and to be his servants, all who keep the Sabbath without desecrating it, and who hold fast to my covenant. These, verse 7, will I bring to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. Isn't it interesting? He seems to almost be getting into the definition. He's promising what you do for the people that minister to him. Now, this is a prophetic word because it's bringing in foreigners. It says, and foreigners who bind themselves to the Lord to minister to him. To minister to him. They bind themselves to the Lord. Those are very interesting words. Ministers who, and those people who bind themselves to the Lord. Any person who walks in fellowship with God ends up ministering to him. Hey, brothers and sisters, allow me to officially tell you that God needs to be ministered to. God also needs to be ministered to. How many of you, most of your lives, have just been wanting people to minister to you, God to minister to you? But you have never thought about ministering to God. Ministering to God. And like I said to you, it, it alters your Christian experience. Alright? It changes your Christian experience. It gives you something you never knew. Imagine what you're, like a thing you're discovering today. Wow. Now, I want us to look at the book of Judges chapter 20. I'm going to read from verse 26. Then all the Israelites, and I'm reading the NIV still, then all the Israelites, all the Israelites, the whole army went up to Bethel, and there they sat weeping before the Lord. They fasted that day, they fasted that day until evening and presented burnt offerings and fellowship offerings to the Lord. And the Israelites, are you seeing what they did? They offered burnt offerings and fellowship offerings to the Lord. That's interesting. In fact, this is one of the first times in the Old Testament you begin to see the word fellowship offerings. And the Israelites inquired of the Lord. In those days, the Ark of the Covenant of God was there. With Phineas, in those days, the Ark of the Covenant of God was there. With Phineas, the son of Eliezer, the son of Aaron, ministering before it. Ministering. Now, they are not ministering to the people. They were ministering before the Ark. Let me explain something. Ministering before the Ark is a kind of service. But the presence of God was symbolically in the Ark. So they were not ministering to the people if they are ministering before the ark. It means, it means they are ministering to the Lord. Because in the ark, that's where the, 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 I mean, the tabernacle was where the ark of the covenant was. And the ark of the covenant was in a place called the, the Holy of Holies. And that's where the presence of God was. Normally where the ark of the covenant was, it was said that there's a wind which could be felt, especially in the days of David and in the days of Moses when they built the tabernacle. There was the outer place, there was the holy place, then there was the holy of holies. In the holy of holies, the ark of the covenant was there. But wherever the ark of the covenant was, they said that there was a wind which they would hear. And they would call it the Ruach, the Ruach HaKodesh. The spirit of the holies, that's what Ruach Akodesh is, you know, the spirit of the holies. And, 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 and that was a presence of God. It was a presence of the spirit. So where the Ark of the Covenant was, any person who was ministering before it was ministering to God. Now, as we, as we go on, it's going to get very clear exactly how this ministry was conducted. Because I know the ministry that you know. You need to lay hands. You need to sing. You need to cast out demons. Then you're saying, ah, I ministered to God's people today. Or you need to tell them to sit here. 
its ministry as an usher, your doing ministry, or to hold them when they fall under the power of God, you know, or to call them. All that is ministry. But that's ministry to the people. But there's also ministry to God. And the Bible is consistently revealing to us that there's such a thing as ministering to God. Wow. Isn't that interesting? How many are learning? All right. I want us to just maybe look at one or two other scriptures just to confirm the doctrine. Because this is a doctrine. For me, what forms a doctrine is consistency of teaching in the Bible. When it's consistently taught, then we need to make a practice of it. Right? And what we make a practice of is what becomes doctrine. First Samuel chapter 2, verse 18. The Bible reads, But Samuel was ministering before the Lord, a boy wearing a linen effort. Interesting. But Samuel was ministering before the Lord. He was in a place where the Ark of the Covenant was, and that's how he was ministering to the Lord. Amplified Classic says, but Samuel ministered before the Lord. He ministered before the Lord. In any case, again, we see someone ministering to God. But Samuel ministered before the Lord. First Samuel chapter 2. That's First Samuel chapter 2 verse 18. But Samuel was ministering before the Lord. Again, this thing has come. Ministering to God has shown up again. Let's also observe now. Let's get into something interesting. I think um, I think I think it's clear now. Now I want us to look at how exactly they used to do it. How exactly they used to do it. Maybe the best way to look at it would be to go to the New Testament. Then we'll go back to the Old Testament. Acts chapter 13 verse 2. And this is our main scripture. So I would like us to observe it in a number of versions. This is our theme scripture. right? Maybe we can begin from the KJV. Or my favorite Seems my favorite version is the NKJV. The Bible says in, in Acts chapter 13, Acts, chapter 13, verse 2, the Bible says, maybe we can begin from verse 1 for context. Now, in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menen, who had been brought up with Herod the, the Tetrarch. And so, now listen to this. It says, as they ministered to the Lord. Are you seeing that ministry thing is coming up? As they ministered to the Lord. This one says, and fasted. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and so for the work to which I have called them. I want us to observe other versions for clarity. Look at what the Amplified Classic says. It says, while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting. Ah, this one removes the word ministering. It just says, whilst they were worshipping the Lord and fasting. Whilst they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Okay, this is interesting. That's the Amplified Classic. I want us to look at the Amplified, traditional Amplified. It says, while they were serving the Lord and fasting, serving the Lord, they're serving, they're serving the Lord, which is ministering to the Lord. That's interesting. Let's look at other versions as well. Acts chapter 13, we are having a Bible study. Verse 2. Um, let's look at what the NLT says. NLT says, One day as these men were worshipping the Lord 
and fasting, we are getting a definition of what it means to minister to the Lord. The Passion Translation puts it this way. I'm going to read two more. While they were worshipping as priests before the Lord, in prayer and fasting, there are words which keep coming up. Let's look at the message. One day as they were worshipping God, they were also fasting as they waited for guidance. Are you seeing that? As they were worshipping God. As they were worshipping God. Somebody say, interesting. So initially it says, one day as they were worshipping God, as they were serving God, as they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said. Visions, different visions now begin to tell you, worshipping God, fasting, waiting on God, praising God, singing songs of praise, enjoying the presence of God, giving him thanks, taking time just to acknowledge him for who he is. As they were doing that, that's what he's talking about. That is what is called ministering to the Lord. That is simply what is called ministering to the Lord. You see, some people, all they know is getting from God. You can find they are able to pray for one hour asking from God and God ministering to them. But they cannot spend, they, are, they don't know how to spend 30 minutes just giving him thanks, praising him, giving him glory, focusing on him. In this moment, we are not even asking for anything. In this moment, we are simply praising him. We are magnifying his name. We are giving him glory. We are worshipping him. And we are fasting so that we can take time as priests to take fruits of thanksgiving with our lips to him. That is our responsibility. We ought to do that just as much as we spend time asking, seeking, and getting things from God. You know, let me say something quickly. As we go on, I would like to have a seminar with the worship team to teach some of these things. Many people, the reason why, the reason why we may struggle to see power in church sometimes, sometimes it's because the praise team is not, is not trained. Sometimes it's because they're not living right. Sometimes it's because they are not trained. They are not cultured. Many of them are not trained. So there's a problem with what the music is doing for the ministry. There's a problem with what the ministry is doing for a service. Look at the book of Hebrews, chapter 13. I'm going to read verse 15. Look at this. It says, let me read it from the KJV. It says, by him, talking about Jesus, therefore let us offer sacrifices of praise to God continually. That is, he defines it. What sacrifices of praise are we to offer? The fruit of our lips. The fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. By him, the Lord Jesus, let us offer sacrifice, the sacrifice of praise. By him, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God. How consistently? Continually. You see, this is why some people don't like, they don't understand the culture because what you are asked to do continually forms culture. Culture is built in what people do consistently and it forms part of their livelihood. And when the Bible tells you, let us offer sacrifices, not of bulls and goats, but let us offer sacrifices of praise to him continually. That means 
praise must be a culture. So some people say, that church is jumpy, they're always doing praise. What are you doing here in your church? And who told them to always do that? Where did they get the idea? Some people say, some people said, no, ah, it's to, people are always doing praise in your church, Monday. They are jumpy, they are young people. It's a good thing. And I'm thinking, how come they don't do it in your church? No wonder you're not seeing a certain dimension of power. This is not for young people. This is a kingdom culture thing. Even if it was a church of a bunch of old people, they must give praises to God because the Bible demands, let everything that has breath, praise God. Not everything that's youthful. So you can't come and tell me, no, you are young. We are waiting for you. Praises for young people. What do you mean? Then old people, it's for what? What's for old people? This is not a young people issue. This is a kingdom culture issue. Some people say, ah, no, you know when people come, you need to relax a bit because some of them are older, some of them are not exposed to this thing of jumping up and down. What? What you're trying to tell me is that they are not exposed to the culture of the kingdom of God and they don't deserve to be in heaven. In heaven, what are you going to be doing? Are you going to be giving prayer requests to God? No, there's not going to be prayer requests there. Praise must be a culture. It is a culture in heaven and on earth. Because that's what connects us to them that side. It's what they... So if all we know is let's pray and we are just doing warfare, there's something that we are lacking. Now, here's what I want you to see. It says, by him let us offer... The sacrifice of praise to God continually. Which one is this? The fruit of our lips. The fruit of our lips. Praise God. Father, we give you thanks. Glory to God. <laughs> Woo! So, you see, a cultured Christian, when you have a conversation with him and you say, ah, one day that exam was hard, but how I just passed it, even me, I don't know. They will not say, ah, that's it. They will say, ah, wow, praise God. Ah, ah, praise God, Mwandi. Ah, that's amazing. Now, you, you meet those people who talk like that. They have built a culture. When you're offended, you're just simply saying, I'm not yet ready for heaven because I can't behave like this. Because that's the kind of thing that happens there. But heaven, you see, the family is not just in heaven. It's in heaven and on earth. And that is a fruit of praise. And it's a fruit of your, a sacrifice of praise. It's a fruit of your mouth. It's your culture. You know Muslims have a culture where they have to wear that hat and they have to wear a robe. And they don't care in class they wear it. They don't care you'll be affected. It's Christians who want to wear, dress up like the world. Then they don't care. They will just dress how they know it. Whether you are affected, why? Because for a Muslim, his dress code is his spirituality, but his spirituality is intertwined into his livelihood and culture. Wow! Praise God. That's a good thing. Don't be afraid. In fact, those are words you must not think about. As you are doing it, you are giving, as you are doing it, you are giving the sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of your lips. But that, that's not where it ends. That's not where it ends. It ends in saying, by him, that means, that's to mean the Lord Jesus. Let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Hmm. What does he mean, giving thanks to his name? What does he mean, giving praise? as a sacrifice, giving, giving it as a sacrifice, which is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Giving thanks to his name. Praising him for his name. The word name. The word name. In fact, before I read this, let me read it in the Amplified Classic. That is the Amplified Classic. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. And it says... 13 verse 15 and it says through him therefore let us constantly and at all times are you seeing that 
offer up to God a sacrifice of praise, which is a fruit of lips that thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify his name. This is what I want you to say. Ah, this is powerful. <laughs> Woo! Through him, therefore, let us constantly and at all times offer up to God a sacrifice of praise. What is that? Which is the fruit of our lips that thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify his name. All right. Why should we confess and glorify and acknowledge his name? What is he trying to talk about? In the Greek, the word name is onoma. Write this down. Onoma, the way it sounds. Onoma. That's the word name. Onoma means, number one, that word name or onoma, number one, means authority. Authority. That means when you hear, when you hear the inspector general, that's a name. But authority comes to your mind. When you hear captain, when you hear monitor, monitress, when you hear boss, all those are names. All those are names. But those particular names make you think of authority. That means your praise session or the time of praise, one of the things that your praise session should comprise is an acknowledgement of authority. You acknowledge him as the authority. Muli, bakulu, or mwenesa mweba makayonse. Mweba maka. Let me tell you something about a sacrifice. The Bible says the sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of our lips. I taught you that the qualification of a sacrifice is not just that it's a sacrifice. When you study the scriptures, you discover that the qualification of a sacrifice or the acceptability of a sacrifice is that it must be holy and acceptable. That's what Romans chapter 12 tells us. So your sacrifice must not just be a sacrifice. When you read the book of Malachi, he says, you, the problem is that you bring to me sacrifices of animals that are lame or that are blind. Then he says, try to take the same to a governor and see if your governor will accept it. In other words, he's saying, when you bring a sacrifice to me, it must not just be a sacrifice. It must be acceptable. Let me tell you one of the sacrifices that people give, but they do not give sacrifices that bring results to them properly. It's a sacrifice of prayer. When you are praying, a lot of people only pray when they are tired. I rarely see Christians who spend a nap to wake up and pray. They don't take a nap to wake up and pray. They will take a nap to sacrifice their energy towards studying. But they will not take a nap so that they are strong enough to pray and they focus, they channel their energy towards the issues and towards praising God. So you find that their sacrifice of prayer is built in so much weakness. There's not weakness because maybe you are going through things. No, weakness because it's in your power, but you are not educated. So you are bringing ignorant sacrifices to God. Every time there are people, every time they are praying, they are tired. Even their prayers, they doze, doze, they sleep. They do amen when they wake up. But even in church, even in church, it's not every song that is sung during a praise and worship session, which is a praise song. And those kinds of songs that we sing sometimes, they may make you feel nice. But although they make you feel nice, they are good, but they are not in the realm of perfection. They make you feel good, but they grow baby Christians. People who are not exposed properly to the word. People who don't know. What an acceptable sacrifice must look at. A praise session must focus on God. It says, it says, through him, therefore, let us constantly and at all times offer up to God a sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of our lips, fruit of our lips, that thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify his name. So one of the things that we do to glorify, acknowledge, and thank his name, name, we are talking about authority. 
So sometimes we just need to say, Father, I thank you because you are greater than the president. Father, I give you glory because you are greater than my lecturer. You think of all authorities. That's praise. Father, I thank you because you are greater than money. Money is an authority. Father, I thank you because you are greater than the people who are supposed to give me a visa. There are authorities. Immigration is an authority, but God is greater. So a praise session, a praise session glorifies or acknowledges the authority of God. There are some songs that are not praise songs. Number two, I'm exposing you to onoma. It means authority. Number two, onoma means character. 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 Even when we call some people names, when we call them mercy, it's a character. Loveness, it's a character. It's a character. So when we think of the name or we are having a praise session, one of the things we should look at also is the character of God. You are holy. You are wise. It's character. We are giving a sacrifice of praise. Giving thanks unto his name. So when we are doing it unto his name, we should remember Onoma. Character. Wamushilo. Character. You are patient and slow to anger. That is character. Imbela yakwe. Tamuchinja. Mwaba fefio mwaba. Lesa wamu ya ya ya. Lesa wachi kuku. It's his character. Onoma. Number three. Jurisdiction. He has no boundaries. You see, when we say this person is a magistrate, the question we ask is magistrate class what? Because the class of a magistrate will help you know his jurisdiction, meaning the things he can handle and the things he cannot handle. When we say this person is a judge, we need to ask, a judge for which court? There are things in Zambia a high court judge cannot handle that a constitutional court judge can handle. If you take some things to a high court judge that only a constitutional court judge can handle, they will tell you, I have no jurisdiction and sometimes when we see that we are losing a case and we find that this case should be dealt with by another court, we lawyers go to the judge and say, judge, according to the law, you don't have jurisdiction to entertain this case. And when the judge confirms, the judge will write a ruling saying, I have no jurisdiction to entertain this case. Therefore, this case is dismissed before my court. It's jurisdiction. Now, that is legal authority. Legal authority. I'll give you an example. When it comes to the, to the subordinate court, which is also called the magistrate court, a crime which was committed in Chipata, which is adjudicatable by a magistrate court, cannot be tried or cannot be heard by a magistrate of the same power in another district, say Lusaka. So let's say they store, or let's say um, they store 10 pin from you, right? Or you have, a, let, me, let me be more accurate. There is, are you awake, you people? There is an issue. There's an issue where you are con- supposed to get 10 pin from a contract, but something went wrong and you have sued the person. It happened in Chipata. You are now in Lusaka. You can't take that matter to a magistrate in Lusaka. They say that the offense or the court that must deal with that issue is the, is the court which is in the place where the offense was committed. So where the offense or the breach was committed, that's where the magistrate, that's where the magistrate who can hear that case is. In the absence of which, they will say where the effects were felt. But primarily, they will tell you that Mm-mm, we have got power to do this, but magistrates have jurisdiction. 
and the jurisdiction of a magistrate is limited to the area where they are. And if the offense was committed in another town, that magistrate does not have jurisdiction, is limited. You can actually challenge that to say, although this case is being heard by this magistrate, he is not supposed to hear it because the offense was committed in another place. But the high court is a higher court than the magistrate court. And there are cases, a plethora, a myriad of cases, to the effect that the, the high court has what we call original and unlimited jurisdiction. <laughs> that means it's got greater jurisdiction. It doesn't matter a case was committed in Shangombo. If the magistrate, if, I mean, if the, if the person who sues you is in Lusaka, the high court can hear that case. They are not like the magistrate court whose jurisdiction is that limited. So think of God like that. The jurisdiction of God's power is limitless. In fact, for the high court, they say that the high court has unlimited jurisdiction, but it doesn't have limitless because it's governed by rules. But when it comes to God, he's got both original, first instance, last instance, limited and unlimited jurisdiction. There's no case God cannot handle. Whether you are the one who committed the offense or they committed on you, whether it was, it was, whether there are things that demons will say, no, I'll tell you something. The way, for example, that evil spirits enter people's lives, they find a legal ground. They will say that, they will say that the reason why I'm here is because this person took themselves to the witch. They came to look for me. So I've got, demons will tell, I've got legal grounds to be here. And it's true, because you gave them legal ground, they're there. But do you know, do you know what gives us legal right and jurisdiction to cast out those demons? <laughs> because there's a person who owns all rights. So that means even if the person accepted, sometimes, sometimes you have to go to a person and help them to renounce some of the things they did. But even if the person does not renounce it, I can just go there because I come with the authority of the person with greater jurisdiction than the evil spirits. So I'll just come and force them out. When the demon says, no, I was legally allowed here. No, I say no. Even though the evil spirit negotiates, they have to come out. Why? Because I am coming from a dimension of greater jurisdiction. Oh, no, my guys, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Somebody shout, Onoma. So you look at, Lord, there is no place God can reach. That's what makes us rich. You see, our immigration and our rules of citizenship tell us that there are cases we cannot deal with in the States. There's, but you can be praying today. And God is greater than the immigration in the United States. You can reach there today by the Spirit. Imagine the level of legal authority that he has. So when we are praising God, we are giving the, the sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. One of the things we should look at is his authority. You know, there are times when God goes to the past. Oh, who, who makes him break those laws? Where he breaks the laws of time travel. He goes to the past and he causes things that happened there to be destroyed as if they never happened. God is the one that can go to a time. You, uh, God can go to a time where you made a mistake and it's as if you never made a mistake. Who gave him that authority? Who gave him that jurisdiction to break the laws of time? God. Onoma. He's got the name that is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee of everything in heaven and on earth. Kali. That, you see, when it comes to ministering to God, there's so much to minister to God about. Up, I'm just discussing praise. And that's why I told you that when it comes to weapons of warfare, we just scratch the surface. There's so much to look at. So that's jurisdiction. And finally, the fourth dimension of the word name, the meaning of the word name, onoma, is accomplishments. 
Mwabwiliabena Israeli. Bemba wakashika. You need to refer to those things. Mwali na Danieli. You know? You need to refer to his accomplishment. The one who saved the Hebrew boys from the fire. The one who was with me when I was just a little boy and the doctor said I was out. You need to refer to those things. The one who made me pass my grade seven. You need to remember those things. That's a praise session. And those are, we'll continue tomorrow. I will continue next week because tomorrow I want to prepare you for Sunday. But those are some of the things you do as you minister to God. You give sacrifices of praise. Sacrifices of praise, which is the fruit of your lips, giving thanks to his name. Let our praise be focused on his name. And how on his name? On his authority. Two, his character. Three, his jurisdiction. Four, his accomplishments. When we focus on this, we will see power. We will see power. When I come next week, I'm going to show you how David appointed singers to do this. No wonder they saw a certain dimension of power in that temple. But you find most of the praise sessions are uninformed. They are uninformed. So when people are singing, if we're too late, it's just focusing on you. It will make you feel good, but it will not accomplish anything. Oh, some of the songs. Just, we're just thinking of Satan. Ponde, ponde, Satana. Lower, Satan, lower. Lower, Satan, lower, lower. Okay, why not just lift Jesus higher and that's it? Why should he feature in your song? Is it necessary? Did he really have to feature there as well? A mass choir. Hmm? <laughs> and this is not a mass choir issue. It's not a mass choir issue. It's a Christian issue. What other songs do people sing? Which are not really praise songs. They are not word-based. It's what people have created. <laughs> Leave that to Sunday school. Let the Sunday school sing. Then we clap. We are helping them. But the certain dimension of power will, will not be seen. If we sing some of those songs, you remember them. You remember them. Some people just sing their bad experiences. Worship session, they are singing. That's a present worship session. They are just acknowledging their weakness. No, he didn't want to mention them because you don't want to look bad. Let me mention them. Huh? Ikina yawe Ikina yawe, yari kosa, 
Kuka, oh, ikira yawe, ikira yawe, e alikosa, okwambula imwe. And, you know, <laughs> hey! Just a cross and walk with me. There's a part this song gets. I am weak, but thou art strong. Thou uh, art strong. On oh, Jesus, keep from sorrow. <laughs> now I'm talking about the praise and worship session. There's a reason why some of these things. You come out emotional, but there's no power. There's no change. And you see, the Bible says, in the last days, people who have a form of godliness, having a form, but denying its power. Have you ever seen, you know, when I was at a Catholic school, I had this guy, friend of mine. When this guy is about to sing a song and receive Eucharist, my goodness, I thought, surely, He's a saint. But sometimes you just be coming out of the gate. The insults you do. Do, 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 do. Not How? So people can have a form of godliness. I'm not trying to shoot your favorite songs. I'm just saying people can have a form of godliness. But there's no power. So after you sing... But you are not seeing their power. What kind of worship is that which engages God but produces no results? Sometimes it's these things. You don't, you've not learned to minister to God. So your experience in the Christian walk has not produced results. <laughs>